Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you want to show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a restored radiance coaching for the ambitious introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expat and fellow introvert. Heather aims to help ambitious introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Here is your host. Hello, ambitious introverts. Today on the podcast, we're talking all about the inner critic or you might refer to it as the inner mean girl or negative self-talk. Our guest for today, Sabrina Johnson, is the founder of CEO Empress and a self-confidence and discovery life coach for fierce females and fierce female entrepreneurs. Sabrina works with fierce females who are ready to own their rebellion, get out of the tick box system, upgrade their mindset, beat their inner critic, and ultimately live an unapologetic badass life. Sabrina also supports female entrepreneurs with their mindset to ensure they are on a strong high vibe path, focusing on the opportunity, not comparisonitis, while they build their business. Sabrina is a believer in breaking the rules, questioning the status quo, and living life on her terms. This allows her clients to experience the magic of transforming into into the untamed woman. And without further ado, here is this badass woman, Sabrina. Hi, ladies. Welcome back for another episode of the Find Your Focus podcast. I'm super excited for today's podcast guest. Um, This babe comes from the UK. Her name is Sabrina Johnson, and she's a self-confidence and discovery life coach for fierce females and fierce female entrepreneurs at CEO Empress. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Thank you for having me on. Um, It's really exciting. Yes, I'm so glad that you're you made time um, to chat to us. Yeah, well, actually, it's quite a good day because we've had such a bad storm, and now I think the sun's starting to clear out a little bit. <laughs> So I guess that's fine. That we should be doing this at this time. <laughs> Fantastic! Absolutely, the universe is aligned. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sabrina, I know the girls had a little bit of a brief bio of um, what you do, but can we just dive in deep because we're introverts and we love doing that shit? So, <laughs> can we dive in deep and see where uh, you know what what journey did you take to get to where you are right now? Oh. A long, long journey. <laughs> Might need more than an hour for this. But, um, you can bring it. I, <laughs> so before I was a life coach, I had probably worked every job imaginable. Um, I was quite indecisive on what my life passion was. I started off from being a teacher for special needs kids when I was only 18. Um, and then I went on to many years in retail doing every job you can imagine on the shop floor um i then had a beauty background so i did beauty therapy and then i was a makeup artist where um i was actually on like men's fashion week in milan twice um 
had my work in some publications, which was really cool. And then I transitioned back into retail, into a talent development company that worked with um, art directors, makeup artists, um, anyone on the creative front line. Um, and then unfortunately I got made redundant, which happened two years ago now, which is crazy. But during that transition, that's when I stumbled across what I loved, which I didn't think was a real career. Um, and it all came from a book. Uh, so I don't know if you know Cara Awol Labour. Hopefully I said her whole name correctly. Her Girl Code book, as soon as I read it, I thought, oh my God, you can actually have a bomb-ass life and actually help people at the same time. Um, so I was obsessed. I had an absolute whirlwind. It took me around two and a half years to dedicate into this, especially with the redundancy. Um, took the course on um, Beautiful Youth Academy. And yeah, I graduated from that last July and I've been doing it life coaching ever since. And yeah, never looked back. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Fantastic. I love Kara and um, her book. So I, I definitely um, understand where you're coming from with that. But can you talk about a little bit about um, being made redundant in that uncertainty period? Because I also have been made redundant and I, I definitely know that feeling of that uncertainty and that stress um, and that expectation that you may have for yourself to, to really fall into another job. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, can you explain kind of what you were feeling and going through and, and what was the little spark that led you to uh, down the path of a coach? Yeah, of course. So um, it was a very tough time. I believe I've always, although I have a sibling, I've always had a mindset of an only child. I hate the word no. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate it. So I, I found it as a big rejection. It was... It was before I stumbled across the book, the, the company I was in was a dream job. It was absolutely phenomenal. I was working alongside phenomenal people, helping creatives who are almost underdogs in the, in the industry really step up and own who they are. Um, I had the likes of Alex Box, who is a phenomenal makeup artist coming to the office. We had both photographers. And the fact I'll just speak to them and just be around them was just such a joy. Um, the redundancy happened due to it was a new company, it was a startup. You know, it's a high percentage that unfortunately this does happen, and I was one of the ones that got cut. And and I just remember just feeling really empty. It was the worst transition, but also mixed in with that, I was already going through a very weird self-confidence phase. And whilst looking into life coaching, we had created life coaching there when I had a session with one of them, really knocked me down and was like, well, you know, this isn't just going to have a lot of money. You can't just be a life coach and just make money. And maybe you need therapy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. That's, thank you for not helping me at all for that. That was, and it just made me really doubt myself. And then with the knock-on effect of the redundancy, you just feel a bit, oh, I don't know. You feel unwanted. You feel very like inferior to the whole world and the fact of what do I do next when I had such a unique job role was really really tough um but then the transition for me in that after around I thought they gave me two months pay which is amazing so I knew I had that two months to play around um and then after a couple of days I thought maybe this is a gift you know maybe I'm going to give myself two weeks off not job search and just have fun 
just go and do whatever I want to do, treat it like a holiday. Um, so I, I went on, I done that, and then I had all my friends calling me up, I've got a sales manager job for you, it's, you know, 50, 60,000 a year, and, you know, I'm a money-driven person, but there was something in me that was a bit, I'm done selling my soul, I'm done with the high targets, the KPIs, I was just so worn out by that, and I thought I'm going to go for a work-life balance and make sure there's enough time to work to what I really want, that life coach did not knock me down in what I wanted to do. Um, so after around a month and a half, I got a job that's just down the road, which was perfect. Um, a very good company, and the job is very easy. So yeah, once I finish with that, I come home, and then I have all the time in the world. Um, but it was a really tough time. It was very emotional eating, <laughs> self-doubt, self-loathing, and just, yeah, it was a very blank space in the beginning. Mm, I so relate to that uh, going through my own experience as um, being made redundant and I think it's important uh, with your your experience to note that you can have more than one dream right you had that beautiful dream job that you learned so much and had so many amazing experience and gained a shit ton of skills right Um, but when things go out of your control and you know you have to say goodbye to one dream, maybe a little sooner than you would have normally said goodbye to that dream. Um, there's still some, you, you can still create many more dreams after that. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you felt the same, but I've always known since, God, probably like 18, I'm quite a young rebellion that I've always said, I don't want a manager. I hate having someone that I have to answer into, no matter how fantastic they are. I hate my alarm going off and thinking right I've got to go have a meeting and tell them what I've been doing and tell someone I've been naughty because it's not gone their way and I'm always challenging the status quo and it is always always been inside me to just escape this corporate industry and just do my own shit (laughs) (laughs) I love it I um I always wish I was like that um I was definitely more of a people pleaser growing up but my mom is very much like you and so I've always been attracted to like awesome women who are just like saying no being challengers being questioners and being really um clever and creative and challenging the status quo so um I also love as well that, um, so you're saying that, you know, you're fierce, you, you say no, you question um, um, leaders, and not in a derogatory or um, aggressive way, but in a way that you're trying to expand and grow and learn and, and collaborate. So I think a lot of listeners would be really surprised based on society's um, idea of introverts, but <clears throat> you actually um, identify as an ex- introvert. Can yeah. you <laughs> can you kind of elaborate on? Did you always identify as an introvert, um, or was this part of your self discovery? Um, I would probably say from probably a young age. Like if we're really tracking it back, it was probably how my family was. They like my mother was always. Oh, my son is so like, watching my mother. Um, my mom was very hardworking, determined woman. It's single mom. Um, I did have a sort of father figure with us for a few years, but they were quite on and off. So you see that sort of relationship sort of break up and come together, and that's almost your norm in life. And then I had the sister who, unfortunately, was really badly bullied, and she just had such a rocky 
start to life she's an older sibling so i've had to see her go through all the pain and i mean we're facing it this day and age with people like the extremes that it can go to um and for me that was a very big message of keep yourself to yourself you can never get hurt you know keep your thoughts to yourself keep you know, the only one who can help you succeed is yourself, the only one who can bring money is yourself. So I've grown up introverted, but very male-dominated. Like, my family do call me the man of the family, because I'm very much, I can take care of you, you don't need no one else, and, you know, let's get this all done for everyone else. And then when it gets to me, that's when my inner mean girl will come in and just knock it all down. So I'll shy away from people. I find it exhausting being around really big social friends my friendship group is incredibly small and yeah it is just lessons from childhood and I didn't really realize that until probably after 18 when you start discovering who you are and on the verge of you know why am I following all these sheep why am I not being the shepherd and um yeah it was definitely molded around me but it was still had its positives it wasn't always such a harsh look on life Mm-hmm, absolutely and it sounds like you challenged that norm of of what it means to be an introvert in society at a very young age whether you consciously were doing it or unconsciously doing it just out of response to your environment so would you be able to give some more examples of how you have cha- have you how have you challenged the society's view of being an introvert yeah of course so I think one of the main things that most like us introverts go through is everyone assumes we're either shy or they assume that we just have a resting bitch face, that we just are looking at people because we have this horrid ego as if we're better than everyone. Um, and it's just, and every time I felt someone, let's say, give me the cold shoulder or my manager, oh my goodness, every time, you need to be more open, you need to be more you know, you need a bit more sympathetic, you need to just speak more. And I'm thinking, well, hang on, why can't they just ask me what's wrong with me? I think confrontation is very healthy. It's how I've also been raised. And if I just ask me if I don't like you, and I will tell you, that's <laughs> absolutely fine. I have no problem with that. But most of the time, if 99% of the time, I do like you. I'm just watching from the outside. It's sort of like the lion gets dinner. You're just watching where the, <laughs> his food's going before you pounce and say, hi, I'm... Um, yeah just we're not shy it's just very wary on who deserves our trust I think in a good way we actually hold our respect really really high because we're so self aware so we know what we deserve in life we know how we want to be treated and we know what we don't like Um, and that has been challenged a lot especially in my job when I have had client facing roles or group tasks and everything and they're always easily hit out of the introvert but it's like just because I'm not the loudest person in the room doesn't make me less experienced than anyone else in this room Mm -hmm. absolutely and how in those moments uh, say you know at work when um you've you've had to try to put on that extroverted mask of you know being that super smiley, over-the-top, um, fake salesperson, how have you, what are some tips that you've used um, in those moments to kind of still be true to yourself that might help other introverted um, women out there? I would just say the best thing that 
I've used. And weirdly enough, people will instantly say, oh, I thought you'd be extroverted when we do all these tests online and everything. Is the fact that I know I have a choice, um, not just to go through the tick box system, but I choose myself to be what makes me and others around me happy. Um, I think that's quite a challenging thing for people to do. And the way you get there is actually building a relationship with yourself first. Stop assuming, as you mentioned earlier, you was um, quite a people pleaser and people think, okay, I'm introverted and people are taking me harshly. Let me say yes to everyone and then they'll love me. But it's not. It's going to have a domino effect of people taking advantage of you and then you're going to get stuck in that horrid circle of being sort of agitated because no one's really happy with you and you want that affection. Um, so really building a relationship with yourself, understanding... You know, what do you like? What people do you like to be around? What are your hobbies? What makes you frustrated? How do you handle that? And then look at your outer out circle. Um, so that's one of the main things. Definitely realize that you can choose yourself. Um, also, just having time on your own. So if there's weeks that aren't, it's just overwhelmed, I'll light a few cans in my room. It's my safe space. And I'll just sit there in silence. And that's weirdly enough that my creativity really comes to life. Um, I could be up at two in the morning just because I'm laying in my bed and be like, oh, this is a fantastic idea. And then I'll start jotting down in the journal. It's absolutely bizarre. But that silence is the best time for you to actually get all those thoughts out, even if they're quite silly, and just look at them, have really analyze them, question them, write down your response, either you responding to a friend or you responding as, you know, the closest love person that you have in your life. Because then you can always flip. Um, the perspective of that. Uh, yes, that would be my main thing. Just time on the own is absolutely fine. And to choose yourself and really build those boundaries um, and the strong relationship for yourself. Mm, that's so important. I I used to shy away um, at at the silence um, because I, I felt like I always had to do all the things and I was really excited about life and really wanted to to just put myself out there, um, despite me being an introvert, right? Um, but I think I was also avoiding a lot of things um, that I needed to deal with. And so the idea of space, of time, of quiet, of silence was actually um, absolutely terrifying. And so for me personally, um, now going through a point where I went to burnout because I didn't have that recharging space as an introvert for so long to now actually being really comfortable with that silence is so important. I love just, and I don't have a strict, um, very like routine um, in the morning or evening, but it'll just be based on how I feel of, you know, like, like you said, lighting a, a candle to kind of just get me in a very comfortable space or lavender essential oil um in the evening um and like you said it's amazing what sort of answers your intuition kind of bubbles up in that silence it's pretty spectacular exactly and i'm not the most heavily spiritual person um but i do feel that anyone whether you're spiritual or not should go into the essential oil side of things because some of the senses really do help um and yeah, you're right, it is scary being on your own. It's scary having that silence. But during the toughest times of my life, I don't know about you, but I have this weird anxiety and I have to get away. I have to go somewhere in solitude and shut myself from the world and just have moments where I need to discover who 
like what this feeling is and why I'm feeling that way. Um, but it's not, I used to feel so guilty for it. Now I'm like, no, I, I absolutely love it. I will tell my partner, my family, like, I just cannot handle the world right now. I need to just go to the park or even just find one of your favorite spots. I'll have a really nice pub near my house and I'll just go with my laptop, just sit there, have a drink and just zone in. And it's just so healthy to do that because it, even though it's scary, that is the main point of change. We've all heard the saying, it, it's something that is very effective. So I highly recommend it. Mm, absolutely. I, I think as well, when you're you're making these changes or, or if you're having a dark night of the soul moment and you're trying to make sense of what's happened, like a redundancy, you know, losing your job and so forth, um, you know, it's, it's so scary to make a change. And in that moment of um, that uncertainty with change and the fear comes these little voices in your head that often um, <laughs> become really shouty and really aggressive. And you referred to it as a mean girl. Some people say inner critic. Can you talk a little bit more about you know what, what this is to, to viewers or listeners who don't really understand what we're talking about? Yeah, of course. So the inner critic, um, yeah, um, inner mean girl, evil stepsister, maybe give it a name. Um, it's just this horrid, naggy, it's almost as having someone micromanage you, but instead of telling you what you need to do, it's telling you everything that can go wrong. It's over shoulder, it's heavy. It's just that you have that passion and then bang. But why are you doing that? You don't have the knowledge for that. You don't have a degree for that you know you skipped out of university and all of this and then you just bring yourself back to your past and think oh god you're right i can't do that it will also tell you oh but can you do what they're doing online scroll through for 10 minutes have a look at everyone else's life that looks fantastic and look at yours even though your life isn't shitty you'd still be like yeah i'm not in bali living my best life <laughs> maybe i shouldn't do it or or yeah, even with the life coaching itself, I, I used to think imposter syndrome. You know, who am I to help these women? And you just get stuck, constantly stuck in this one place, being so nasty to yourself, and it's just not healthy, and you feel too scared to say it to other people. Um, so that's my vision of what the inner critic is. Mm. That's, yeah, I can so relate to that. And I think any human on the face of this earth will have had this experience more than once. Um, and I think it's also important to know that it's just part of the human experience, right? It's, you know, it will always be there, but um, there's ways that you can take this voice that's at one point owning you and and then becoming more aware of it and acknowledging it and and coping with it. So can you talk us through some of the, you know, how, how you go from like having this mean, shouty, um, inner mean girl who's berating us, who's bullying us, to then being able to kind of move into a place of acceptance and, um, and just um, being able to move past that? Yeah, of course. So I would personally say bring yourself back to basics, always. Um, everyone's trying so hard to bypass it and just get to the end of, of all the good is there but how are you going to fight it unless you know why this is talking you can choose to own it I actually did my talk based on this um, a few weeks ago and mine was all about write down once again it's always good to say so whether you say it out loud or write it down just visualise what that 
inner critic is telling you and then write down that you right now is that true you know and okay you're not going to be that girl on instagram but do you want to be that person on instagram what is your truth what is your vision and rather than thinking of the 50 steps ahead bring yourself back to the steps you've already done compared to where you are now from last year and then focus on the steps forward um it's something that you know us as entrepreneurs we're building a business and you're thinking oh if i don't have my photo shoot i'm not professional if i don't have my website i'm not professional but those posters killing it getting their clients on instagram with no website so it's just people are buying into you and who you are and can you help them and how are you voicing that um i would say another thing as well is to write write out your own mantra i absolutely love mantras so I did one in the talk about I'm a fierce female and then I had blank spaces for the women that was there and then they filled it out. So they said what they aren't going to allow, so they're non-negotiable, what they're going to invite in and the feeling that they want and then the end was this, um, the inner critic will never jeopardize my self-happiness. Uh, and it's just something as strong as that to keep reminding yourself why you are doing it. Um, or even something I'm going to say is quite cliche, but it's very effective, a vision board. So when you wake up, you just see it. Um, we're, we're always going to have the inner critic, but you are much stronger to put in action and just go forward. Mm, that's so important. And I think as well, um, you know, we are, with the inner critic work, we are rewiring our brains, right, from something very habitual that we've learned sense that we grew up right and so it's going to take time so having that patience and that grace and giving yourself that breathing room to just learn and retrain your brain it'll take time that's why you were saying with the vision board or writing the, the mantras down um, seeing it so often is a really helpful step to retrain your brain um, in marketing, they say you have to hear something 11 times before it becomes a suggestion, before you consider acting upon it. And that's just how we're wired as humans. So with inner critic work, um, you know, it's it's so good to, to have that repetition and that reminder. Yeah, 100%. And people do feel with that inner critic, oh, you just ignore it, you'll push on, you'll get over it. But unfortunately i'm so sorry ladies you're not just going to get over it after one day you're not going to put on a face mask have some eye patches and be steady on your next day you'll feel fine for 24 hours <laughs> you're not going to feel much better uh, after two three days you're going to go back to the same circle and something that i like to do um that sort of keeps me up is to think back on why are we like this i'm so obsessed with this and this is where i challenge the status quo is We've always been taught to have competition since you're in school. We've always been taught to go for the best. We've always been taught to constantly get criticism and reasons on what we haven't done right and how to improve. And no wonder why we're doing it to ourselves because we've been taught from nursery that that's life. And I just say, just screw it. Just honestly, the critique and everything, all the school grades it's done you know do your personal best whatever your personal best is stop trying to be better than anyone else in a different platform you know turn up like one thing i like to do is if you want to feel glam and powerful and that's the person you're envisioning that you're going to be when you're your most successful sort of throwing air quotes here i do put on my best shoes and you know take yourself on a little date go down and just feel a bit more dressed up and 
if that's what makes you you, then do it. But if you're turning up in jogging bottoms and your hair flowing up and that's your version of success, then go and do that. But stop being this fake persona of this suited, high-heeled, red lips, and you, you look the bomb, so you must be successful sort of vibe. It's bullshit. Um, you know, I used to serve billionaires who used to come in their trap bombs. To me, I didn't look at them and think they weren't successful. You know, we're all working in suits for the man in shorts. So you can be that woman in shorts. Do you know what I mean? That's the sort of mentality that I have. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love the feistiness of that because, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the mask that we all um, put on, whether that's um, our face mask or this, like, suit, um, the, our little armor, that's it's, – it's literally just um, – a mirage it doesn't really it doesn't hide what's truly going on deep inside and I think as introverts we always like to deep dive so if we're and it's natural to be afraid and to, to, to really kind of dive deep into some of the work like inner critic work which really asks you to confront um, some big questions and, and maybe some fears you've had but going uh, but ignoring that for so long will just leave you really empty inside. So you might be this this shiny red-lipped um, woman in her outfit, but you know, underneath that and certainly through your eyes, it you know, you'll lack that radiance. Yeah, 100%. Just reinvent yourself. Who you see you are is your most confident, your most sure and certain self who can constantly feel um sort of confident enough to talk to that in a critic, turn up with that person every single day. I've done it where I was you know, emotional eating and, you know, trying to be this person that I thought would look successful or be successful and none of that actually linked. Even when I lost my weight and all of that, I still felt the same um, until I started doing the inner work um, and not getting scared of my creative side, you know, my image of who I really am. If you want to go out with your tattooed sleeves and just in a leather jacket or whatever then go and do it it's, it's who you are and this is what people will want to know be drawn into and not quickly judge and if they do then they're just scared of the sort of authenticity that you're bringing to the world mm. yeah I think I, as introverts um, I'm really fascinated and kind of wondering um, because we are often in our head we spend a lot of time just in this um, and not in a bad way it's our, our creative little um uh, HQ and it's how we get some of our best ideas and and really are able to interact with others um, but obviously the inner critic also kind of lives in our head as well so I'm wondering how we as introverts when we are <clears throat> pardon me living in our head and then the inner critic is also there how it how is that um you know situation is it overpowering can it be um you know yeah can it be even worse than extroverts i don't know um i wouldn't know the comparison to extroverts but for myself i just find when it's constantly living in your head and you're not doing anything about it that's when anxiety kicks in that's when you feel trapped like even my chest used to feel quite tight sometimes it was just weird noise it was just so much going through and i just couldn't hear it because i allowed all of the thoughts to come in at once and you know then you just have that overtake your external um the way you show up the way you're talking to people i just thought i looked really tired i was really mentally drained and 
there were days where I would just constantly hit that snooze button and rather stay in bed than face the day ahead. Um, and obviously that can lead to much worse feelings, which I'm quite blessed I haven't gotten to that complete depression stage, but it, there was quite borderline there and you don't feel supported. You don't, you know, feel there's like-minded people out there and it is a very individual battle and it's quite... It's quite upsetting because we now we're going into a new age of wellness and having it be more seen. Where when I was a teenager, not that I'm like really, really old, but when I was a teenager, we didn't speak about it much. We didn't. I don't think it's ever actually. That, I mean, even sex education was like a massive thing. So let alone talking about your own mind, it was just yeah, it was very ignored and just tick the boxes and you'll be fine in life. And hard work means good work, and it's just crap. But it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as well, um, what you were saying there with like tips to, to work through the inner critic of um, writing things down, I think mm-hmm. that as much as we don't want to do that because it's extra work, right? And we're like, oh, it's we can just think of, uh, we can just respond to those answers in our head, right? Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is you're literally just having a tiny voice amidst all the big, mean, bully voices. And putting pen to paper actually it's it adds another process right because you're building more strength there you are seeing it um actually laid out exactly what you're thinking in your head and when you read it out loud even on top of that while seeing it on the paper it it actually is pretty shocking because you're like oh my god i didn't realize that these are the millions of voices that are going on in a loop in my head and that's actually the shit i'm i've been telling myself over and over and if you look at it like you were saying and and kind of writing that down as if you were writing it to a, a like a best friend or a, a loved one you would never tell that person the things that you tell yourself no because you just you you feel crazy you think why am i why am I having these thoughts? Even if they're like quite dark, like what is wrong with me? I'm not normal. Even reaching out on like forums on Facebook is really good. I see so many support groups and you know, just typing in, getting it out into the world actually helps. It just takes that weight off you. Um, yeah, it, is, it does take a while to admit. And it wasn't until I said it out loud that, okay, I'm burnt out. I, I'm not happy. I don't know who I am that I actually got a really good response and a lot of support and people try and help you, of course, and give you their opinions. Um, and personally, it wasn't until I had a, um, my own coach as well that I started having even more deeper questions. And I'm thinking, God, I'm just not an emotional person. Like, why are you asking me this question? And it did help in the long run. It really, really did help us to talk it out. And um, once you have that out there, you actually realize that either one, it's the smallest little thing in the world. It's not as catastrophic as you thought. Or it's a feeling that you've had so long ago. So, like, if you're imagining a, um, a woman who's lost, like, 150 pounds, but in the mirror she always sees less air quotes, again, that fat girl, and she has that mindset, this is what it's like when you have it in a critic, put it on paper, and, but in your mind it's a massive thing, but on paper it's like, oh, I, I can deal with this. That's not, why the hell am I thinking that? Um, yeah, just talk it out or write it out. It's such an effective thing to do and I think as well you're you're talking about asking for help and you can kind of see through your own journey that like when you're younger you you're like miss independent and of course yes strong independent yes yes we all want that but then there's that 
we can go too far to an extreme, right, of not asking for help. And so you're over here now and you're, you see the importance of vulnerability and asking for help to be able to grow and expand as the woman and this business owner that you are. Um, and you also mentioned as well um, the emotional eating journey. Can you explain kind of that journey of um, going from Miss Independent, no asking for help, to then being a bit more vulnerable and... Yeah. And what kind of happened in between? Yeah, so with that, um, we actually started like years ago. So I went to university, thought, oh, I'll do criminology, saw Legally Blonde, thought it'd be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I did really well. It was a very interesting course. But at the same time, where my sort of male dominance came in, my sister really needed my help at that time. She was pregnant with a second child, unfortunately. Well, I say unfortunately, but she was a single mother as well. It didn't turn out how she would like. Um, so I had to go to university, balance a four-day-a-week job, and be there for my pregnant sister and my niece at the time. So it was so much. And I was thinking, no, I can do this. I, you know, I'll always reassure my sister, we're fine. As long as we eat and we've got a roof over our heads, we're fine. Um, did that for around a year. And then I had to make a decision between working full-time and help my sister not that she ever asked me to do it or go into education and I dropped the education um and that was just I felt myself um having weird panic attacks in public my weight was going up but I didn't really realize it because then I'd slowly transition into the leggings and jumpers um and then it wasn't until probably a year and a half after that that I was just like I just started crying I went to the doctor they were like anxiety disorder that word, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to sit, I'm really sick, how long ago I've left? And he's like, no, it's just, you know, you just don't know how to work your mind. They tried to put me in therapy, and that for me, this is where the introvert then kicked in, because you have to be vulnerable with your feelings. But then inside me going, I don't want to talk to you, I don't trust you, I've not known enough about you, so I stopped that. Um, and that was really tough, because I know I needed support. Um, my mum was there, she was a big support for me then. But then that's when I got stuck into the emotional eating for many years. And I was definitely at my heaviest around two years ago. And not that I think weight being big is ugly. I don't think that at all. I think there's so many gorgeous women who really own that and they just dress it so beautifully and they just show up and have this confidence. But that wasn't me. I used to wear jumpers in the summer. <laughs> I used to hide and it was the worst thing I constantly doubt myself and just going to this weird turmoil but I did need help and it was just a vulnerability that was crying for it but the introvert was just like no we can handle this we can deal with it so it did take probably another year after that to step out of that zone mm, I so relate to that as well um uh, having gone through emotional eating at, at certain points, especially really charged and um, stressful life transitions. Um, and what I found is that, like you were saying, as an introvert, you kind of want to be able to be self-sufficient and you're like, oh, I got this. I can always rely on myself. I'm really creative. I, you know, I don't want to put out friends or family because they all have, they all have their own things that they're working on. And what I found is that when I would isolate myself into that thinking where I had to do it all, it was obviously so overwhelming, right? Because that's not how we are built as humans. <laughs> you know, down to ancient man, we were always in tribes and clans and, you know, supporting one another. Um, so when I actually um, 
got to the point where I actually needed to ask for help and then seeing the kindness of of everyone else joining in helping me in, in ways that they could it really I really realized how how much limited beliefs I had how many stories I had about what asking for help was because at the end of the day I was actually not giving that person the opportunity to support me when I would want to support my loved ones as well so it was it was really interesting and when I was asking for help that was when that emotional eating stopped for me because I could relax I had that support and that nurturing environment yeah it's just uh, um, a whirlwind but as you said you do get stuck in that sort of scenario and I guess yeah it took a long time especially if you have so for me for instance my support system wasn't as strong like my mum was there but I was always child that like oh she's fine you know she always gets great she's fine so in my head I'm like okay no I'll just I'll just be fine I'll just continue but when that didn't work for me I was thinking okay mum help but she didn't really know what to do there so she'd take me out and you know try make me feel a bit better and that's the weird transition that I met my partner and I was thinking oh my goodness how on earth am I going to have a healthy relationship if I'm this broken person um so that was really tough and it wasn't until I started to look at the support around me and think as much as I love my friends we weren't like-minded you know they'd go off and like do their thing that I didn't really agree with and then their lifestyle wasn't really similar to what I wanted and their views of oh you know just go marry that rich man and have a happy life and I was thinking oh god I really don't want that um so I made the bold decision it was almost when people started to expect too much from me and then I snapped through the anxiety Mm -hmm. but it was almost like a freedom so I was like no you lot can just go away I'm absolutely not being here for you no more and when they didn't stand by me I said goodbye to them caused more isolation but it really helped and then it wasn't until my mum got sick or she had the high blood pressure first before she got really ill um and I looked at her thinking I I feel I have to get healthy for her so it was a weird mirror sort of action of I need her in my life obviously she's the most important person to me she's not going to get better unless there's someone to support her but then in a weird way, I needed that buddy as well to help me mindset-wise. And we both did it together. And it was absolutely phenomenal results, not just the weight loss, but the energy. And then I found new like-minded people and then everything just like going into place. It was just amazing that how one sort of support system can really affect your whole your whole well-being in life. Mm, and I think that's important as well to, to highlight to other women because if they're in that moment where they're looking around and they're saying, actually, my support system isn't supportive at all um, or I've outgrown that support and I need another, I need to up-level my support group. Um, yeah. It's absolutely scary because, you, like you said, you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be isolated. And it's so important to see that you were able to, despite um, the fear and the stress of your your mom's um, sickness, that you were still able to up level um, to an amazing su- support group, as well as deepen your relationship with your mom. Mm. For women who are in that position where they're just too afraid to jump right now um, and find that support group, what would you tell them? I would just say. Uh, it's, it might sound come across a bit harsh, but just try it. Even if, it's, even if it's at an event, like go find a really cool event. I find that's quite easy rather than going to a coffee shop and you know chatting up a new woman friend. Um, but 
find an event that really interests you that you know the same type of people are going to be at and just attend because one it's a good evening out for yourself and two you'll actually not feel so alone um also it is tough to find like-minded people in everyday life it's almost related similar to dating everyone's so used to being online it is much more healthier to get out there um you will find these same people you will find that group and so many women out there want to connect and they need that support or even a facebook group that will end up having an event um they're also good to have like the melissa um melissa ambrosini ambrosini that's it um she her group on facebook is really good and there's just so many women out there who just share the same thoughts and actually give advice and can tell you where to find this event or this healer or coach or therapist or whatever that you need out there fantastic and i i think as well um, it, you can start small. We're not saying to like absolutely rip the cord in your whole support system, right? Unless they're obviously really toxic and um, you know it's it's a you know a health and safety risk, right? Um, but um, you can you know slowly distance yourself from um, a bit more of a you know a support group that's no longer serving you, and then um, in the meantime be able to kind of experiment with new support groups and figuring out your rebuilding your your new group. Yeah, exactly. So I'd love to dive in as well. Um, I'm always interested in um, how women, especially introverted women, are uh, managing their own energy in their day-to-day lives. Because um, I think that's something that, while we're all different, um, it, sometimes it's really interesting to see how people are able to manage a really busy um, lifestyle. So would you be able to share how you manage your energy in terms of like, as a business owner, um, as uh, in a relationship, and um, uh, you know, as a friend. Yeah. Um, so that is obviously for all of us. We have to be so many different people, like types of person every day, and it can get really overwhelming. And as we mentioned before, it can get really noisy. So my thing is to say to all women, have your non-negotiables. That for me whether you're finding a relationship or like a partner or friends have non-negotiables and for me and for us as introverts we have to have that sort of inner protection it's it will serve you really well so for instance mine is now i'm not going to gym for weight loss it was actually a really weird transition a couple months ago i needed to release my energy of overwhelm and um almost feeling quite restricted even though my business is creative and I absolutely love it it's my baby but there are times where you have to be there for everyone so gym was my outburst and it's more like spinning or anything quite tough where I can either let out my frustration or you know you're challenging yourself so you're actually still getting that gold star um, which I love to get people around me know that Um, and yoga yoga is a non-negotiable for me now every Monday that's my time to just zen out be with my own thoughts so that's a perfect time to actually have your thoughts go through and not overthink them too much um and be around women who actually enjoy it so that's one of the things that i do um another one as i mentioned earlier is my meditation whether you have guided meditation or just music um once again it doesn't have to be a heavily spiritual thing for women out there who are quite similar to myself but just your candles on you have your favorite hot drink you just listen to not even proper music just sound 
and be in that moment and actually enjoy the little things that is a massive thing because you're coming home to yourself with that um and then when it goes to being in a relationship it's almost like the gratitude so what are you currently loving in your relationship right now what is feeling a bit overwhelming is it linked to your partner yourself or your business and just separate them that's i guess where the journaling will come in um i do read a book but i've gotten out of the habit of reading the tick box books that everyone's like oh you should read this the seven habits of highly successful people this and that get a book or an audio book based on how you're feeling um as jay chesty had he had a fantastic podcast on you flip through the book and read the chapters that you need rather than being like oh chapter one chapter two chapter three um and i'll go to that chapter and find clarity through that and that's a massive thing that i'll do at least once a week um and then i'll just look back on my schedule every week i'll set around friday i tend to um like to do it and think what's the on going on the week ahead and what free time do i actually have and then use that free time for anything that you want whether it's a long bubble bath or a movie or you know some self-discovery um we actually have more free time than we think we do so why not make sure you're pre-planning that um just for yourself be selfish absolutely yeah i think when we don't realize how much free time we have because you know we'll be so reactive in the moment and we'll just come back after a long day's work and, and hit the Netflix and literally just like veg out for hours. When in reality, those are so many hours that we could have, like you said, um, done a bubble bath, like connected with your lover, um, had a, like, an, like a really great juicy chat over on, on the phone with a good friend or, or yeah. just like sat in silence. <laughs> Yeah, I even did a post the other day because I know us women can still blush over this, but even just connecting with yourself. I mean, yeah. women hold frustration. So ladies who are listening, don't be worried about dimming down those lights. <laughs> just having time with yourself. Um, just let out frustration that way. You don't always need a man to be there to do that. Um, but it's just, as you said, when you turn on the Netflix, an hour turns into 10, and then you're thinking... Where did that time go? And then don't you find that you feel frustrated? You're like, well, I've just wasted all this time. And then you go into the inner mean girl and then you're stuck in that circle. So it's just use those moments of freedom for something, as you said, like proactive. Do something for yourself that will have a success at the end of it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think, like you were saying, it's it's all of those suggestions that you you gave um, are really great for your health and well-being and to release um, frustration and to really boost your own energy. So while sometimes we all love to Netflix um, and chill, um, sometimes it, like you said, like the repetition of it and just doing it without intention becomes really frustrating and you end up actually berating yourself and then the inner critic comes right back around <laughs> the old friend that it is. <laughs> it's never gonna leave us, but um, and actually you've said it perfectly just then. Um, do treat it like a friend i did i think it was in a blog post on my website um oh no i did a post on instagram treat it like your your friend okay the nasty little bitch that you have but we always have that one member of the family that's like that so (laughs) why not introduce this inner critic as one of them they're there because they're scared for us they're there for our flight or fight reasons so it's not there to be nasty and to hold you back that's your choice you're choosing to use the inner critic to hold you back but if you just calm it down just go okay this is scary but i've got this or okay it's a saturated market but what i've got is so much better and 
just try it treat it as a friend and just show it compassion instead of trying to push it to the side you have to you have to understand it mm-hmm. um, otherwise you're never going to get it's not really much getting rid of it it's about controlling it yeah. you want to make sure you're in control I think that's such a good point to make as well um, yeah the, the inner critic it's, it's like you're trying to you know as we grow as humans as adults we're trying to learn how to parent ourselves right and the inner critic is just that like really frustrated cranky toddler who didn't get what she wanted and is just trying to make herself known and to be like this is this is why I'm unhappy um and when you you know if you ignore that toddler and you know they they're gonna find ways to remind you that they are unhappy they will shout more they will they will throw the toys out of the pram they will do all the things until it's so loud that that's all you hear so um yeah like you said, that importance of showing it compassion and understanding and listening to it and saying, I see you, but that's not the truth. This is the truth and we got this and reassuring that that scared little toddler. Exactly. All your inner critic is is your past bringing up. So you ate an apple one time and there was a worm in it, so apples are bad. No, (laughs) just try it again and you'll find that there's no worm in there. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So Sabrina, what is your current focus now in 2020, whether that be personal or professional or both? Oh, mine would be, well, funny enough, I'm actually still using my strengths as an introvert to connect with women um, and using it as my storytelling. So, you know, there's different ways that you want to express your message um, and express what you do and what you're going through and that is definitely storytelling not just focusing on what's doing so well in my business I am going to be opening up more about the failures <laughs> you know like fail with me and then we'll succeed together sort of thing mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely working on being around even more like-minded people it's been a journey for me for the past year but I'm kind of getting obsessed with meeting all these new fantastic women I mean, even like yourself I mean you're such a bubbly great energetic woman and I'm like I could speak to you for hours <laughs> same if I'm ever in, in America I'll be like oh I'm, I'm near DC like can I can we go for a coffee it's just so nice building these incredible connections which I'll continue to do um, and then as for my work wise I'm going to start um, building up more whether it's courses or challenges for women because um, my focus is on ensuring that they succeed not just within their business and money and um, you know people that are following them but also on their mindset just winning at life that's it I want to win at life you want to win at life let's just do it together fantastic and Sabrina where can they find you um, your fierceness your your feistiness and your fellow introvertedness <laughs> so I'm on Instagram um, which I think there might be a link at the end so it's underscore CEO underscore empress um, Ironically, although I don't like the corporate industry, I have CEO, but um, I just find every female has that in her, um, hence why I went along with it. And I also have my website, so it's coempress.com. Um, I have Facebook, but I'm not very active on it, so I think they're the best channels so far um, to reach out to me. Fantastic. And, and Sabrina, what is your signature um, package that you provide and support women with? So I have um, quite, so they're broken down into three areas. So I have my first female single session, 
Um, this is just for the woman who, you know, you have people constantly giving opinions about the decision you might have to make, um, or maybe there's that inner critic going on, stopping you from going to the next level, and you just need to hash it out in the one session. And it lasts around 90 minutes. Uh, we can get a lot done in that. It's the one goal, reversing your action steps, and you still get support from me two weeks after. If you want to dive even deeper, where I have some clients who have more than one goal around their life and want to have a complete shift, that'll be my powerhouse series. That'll last for three months, um, and that will be all about self-discovery, um, your confidence journey, um, your lifestyle, and finally bringing in your passion and desires every day, rather than compromising. And then for the entrepreneurial women, I have my CEO Rebellion series, which will be added um, soon on my website. And that will be three months session again. Uh, just for the female entrepreneur looking for more creativity, whether they feel quite stuck at the moment. Um, you're constantly self-sabotaging yourself in your business. You know, you might have been in your business for around three to six months, maybe longer, and you still feel like you're lacking um, in some department or you just don't have the answer or clarity on your next strategy. Um, and we can work together with that. Um, so yeah, there's three packages that I have so far. Fantastic. And and you actually have offered an amazing gift for Find Your Focus um, listeners. So what is that? Yeah, definitely. So um, I think, you know, I don't do this role just for the money. And I think any females out there who want help and support, I am always there for everyone. So I would love to give all of the listeners a 20% off. Um, they can just send me a DM on Instagram, um, you know, put the link, um, Heather, ex Sabrina (laughs) and um, yeah and then we'll take some next steps there there is a questionnaire to be done but we can have a quick phone call Um, nothing to be scared of just two women chatting and see where it goes from there Oh, fantastic. Well, I can't wait to see um, how you grow and support um, other women and ladies. She's the real deal. So if you are struggling with inner critic, if anything of um, that we have talked about has really kind of dug in deep and really um, shed some light on some struggles that you're dealing with, check Sabrina out. She's fierce and fantastic. Um, and all of the links and all of the, the books and the podcasts that she's mentioned in this episode will be listed in uh, the show notes so please check it out sabrina it has absolutely been a pleasure having you on and your feistiness and your rebellious introvertedness so please come again soon a hundred percent it's so lovely speaking with you everything that you're working on as well is absolutely amazing always inspiring me um and yeah i'd love to come back on We'll see what's happening. Maybe if I launch podcast, you'll come on. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. I can pick your brains and get all the juiciness from you. Uh, but it's been fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Thanks so much, Sabrina. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully it gave you the boost you needed to start your week. If it did, it would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message. Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.